Okay, so today's daf is Ayin Aleph in uh, Yoma. We are on Ayin Amud Bet, three lines from the, or two, three lines, I guess, from the bottom of the Amud, where it says, uh, That's just a quotation from the uh, from the Mishnah, but then the Gemara begins really two lines from the bottom, where it says, Now we know that there's an interesting, uh, we saw this uh, earlier, and, uh, but we've, we haven't discussed this aspect of the, uh, the way that the Avodah is presented in the Torah. If you read the Avodah that's presented in the Torah, it sounds like after the Kohen Gadol is finished with everything related to the Kodesh HaKodeshim, he, it says he comes to Oil Mo'ed, and he takes off his clothes, and then he leaves them there. It sounds like he goes into the Kodesh, takes off his clothes, leaves them there, and he puts on his regular clothing. It says, Viata. And then he goes out and he performs the et olatov et olata'am. Then he does the uh, ram that belongs to him and the ram that belongs to the people. So it sounds like he's changing his clothes in the Kodesh, which obviously is, can't be taken literally that he would go into the Kodesh and change in there. Doesn't make sense. But the idea, so the, therefore the Chazal understood that there, there's actually another uh, step in the process that is not explicitly mentioned in the Torah, that really it's somewhat out of order. Then after he performed all of the Avodot and the Big Day uh, Lavan, he actually does things in the Big Day Zahav that we said, that we called it stage three. Stage one being when he's in the Big Day Zahav originally. Stage two is where he does most of the activities in the Big Day Lavan, including the Sirah Mishtaleach, including bringing, going into the Kodesh Kodeshim and the blood applications there and so on and so forth. And then he wears the golden clothing again to do uh, some of the Avodot that we said, such as the Rams, etc. And then he switches back into the white garments and he goes back into the Kodesh Kodeshim to retrieve the uh, the the kaf, the large spoon that contained the ketoret, and the machta, which is the fire pan that he, um, you know, that he left in there. In other words, the Torah doesn't explicitly say that. It kind of like just says, oh, then he goes into the Kodesh and he changes his clothes and he comes out. It's like, what, what is that talking about? So the, so the, the Torah Shebaal Peh explains to us that that's technically out of order, that there's actually five different uh, sections to the Avodah, not just three. The Chumash sounds like there's only three. There's really five. So that's why it says that he comes in to get the Kafum Vamachtashakulaparashakulanimrala If you read Parashat Achrimot, you get exactly the Seder Avodah in accordance with the proper procedure. Chutzmi Pasuk Zeh, except for this Pasuk that says, Uvarun Alon Void Upashat at Big Deabad. That pasuk is out of order because really that is a third changing. In other words, that or really a, you know the fourth time that he's getting dressed because there because uh, there is gold, white, gold, white again, and then gold again. There's five, right? So really, this is the switching into the fourth sub- segment of the avodah, not what it sounds like, which is that he's going from white to to gold, but that he actually went back into the white already and is going back into the gold again. It's out of order. So it's so. Um, so the question is, what's the reason? We saw this uh, earlier, uh, all the way back in, in on Daf uh, Yud uh, Tet of the Masechet, that we know that there's a tradition that there are five times that the Kohen Gadol changes and therefore it goes to the Mikveh five times, and ten times he washes his hands and feet on Yom Kippur. And if you read the Torah as it's written, in other words, if you assume that it's literally that way, that he goes from gold clothing into white clothing, back into gold clothing, and that's it, so then there's only three times that he has to go to the mikveh because he only has to change three times. And therefore, he only has to wash his hands and feet six times. He's not going to have ten. And since we have a tradition that there's ten, therefore we have to insert another change of clothes in here, back into white, and then back into gold again. Otherwise, we would just have the gold, 
the white, then he changes back into the gold, and then he finishes the avodah, which is what the Torah sounds like. So we're inserting in here that, no, actually, there's another achlafa, uh, there's another changing back into the uh, white, and then back into the gold, to make it a total of five. Now, matkiv la rabbi zara, rabbi zara says, how do you know what is really uh, out of order here? Maybe the Sa'ir Anasa Bachutz is what interrupts. Now Rashi explains, Right, so in other words, really what you could say is that rather than say that really what happened was that actually he first brings his ram and the ram of the people and then he switches back into the white clothing and goes and retrieves the uh, the uh, the ketoret and then he goes back into the gold clothing and he completes the avodah rather than saying that which requires us to change the order of the psukim and to change the order in which things are done because you have to say that really he technically he changed into the white garments for the second time after he brought his ram and everything, even though it sounds like he did it before, okay? Because it because it sounds like what's happening in the uh, in the pasuk is that what we what we would say happens in the third segment of the avodah. It sounds like it's happening as like sort of the final segment of the Avodah. So, the, so it's saying, how do you know that that's what's out of order? Maybe what's really what happens here is that he comes out of the Kodesh HaKodeshim. He does his ram and everything like that. Later on, he goes and back in and he, uh, and, you know, and he, uh, and what, and, and then after, basically he, uh, then he's going to do the Sirah Chatat and interrupt with the Sirah Chatat. How do you know that what's out of order here? In other words, how exactly can you tell that he's going to change and then he's going to do the Ayil and the uh, the Ram, his Ram and the Ram of the people? So the answer is, in, in, other, in other words, why can't we just take something from later in the Avodah and say that, no, what it says here um, that he did his Ayil, that's actually at the end of the Avodah, just like it sounds like. In other words, what we could say is that the way that we have it is that he does the golden clothing and then he does the white clothing where he goes into the Kodesh Kodeshim, etc. And then he puts on the golden clothing and he does the ram and all that. And then he goes into the white clothing again and he retrieves his uh, retrieves the Ketorot and then he does the end of the Avodah, which includes the Musafin and everything. Why can't we just say that this Pasuk that's describing the end of the Avodah, the white clothing that he, t- that he retrieved the ketorot already, and then he brings the ayil at the end. Maybe it's talking about at the end of the day. How do you know that that's what's interrupting in the middle? In other words, we're reversing the order. We're saying that even though it says that he switched back into the white clothing, that actually happened after he does the, the ram, because the ram is section three, and then for section four, he switches back into the white clothing. But why can't we just say that, no, actually, the ram is, it happens at the end of the day. The ram is section five. How do you know what's out of order? Once you start saying it's out of order. So it says, no, uh, Rabbi Zira will te- uh, what I'll say is, uh, the answer to Rabbi Zerah, Amar Abayah, Amar Krav, Yatsah, Vesat Olato, because since it says from the moment he left the Kodesh, the first thing he does when he leaves the Kodesh is he does his ram and the ram of the people. That means it has to be in section three of the Avodah. Again, section one is the morning service that he does in the golden garments. Section two is the service, the main service of the day that he does in the white garments with all the going in and out of the Kodesh Kodeshim and the Kodesh and all that. And section three we understand this being when he does the ram, his ram and everything, and he uh, burns the, uh, uh, the uh, fats of the, um, uh, of the korbanot, of the seir and par and all of that, and then he switches back into the white garments, 
to go retrieve the Ketorot, and then he does the end of the day service. That's how we understand it. What, so the, the reason is because since it says Vyatzav Asat Olato, that means the, that in the third section, which comes right after the Kodesh Kodeshim section, has to be the Rams. It can't be in section five that he does the Rams. It has to be in section three that he does the Rams. Now, why would Rebbe Zerah want to say that it's in section five? He wants to say that it's in section five, the final stage, because then you could say that when the Pasuk says that he changed it back into the white garments, that's referring to section four. And Vyatzav Asat Olato is talking about section 5, that he did the ram in section 5. Rather than say part of it is in the right order and part of it is in the wrong order, because the fact that it's saying that he did the ram, that's correct, he did it at this point in section 3. But the fact that it said he changed his clothing into his white garments is actually what he did after doing the ram, not before. Okay, so the, so it becomes, but Abaye says that has to be the, the case because it says, from the moment he comes out of the Kodesh, he does his Ola, he does the Rim. So therefore, that's going to fit in section three. And so what we're going to have is golden garments, white garments, go back into golden garments for his Ram, the Ram of the people and the other things that he does at that time, back into white garments to retrieve the Ketorah, and then golden garments again to conclude the service like the way that we understood up till now. Now, the, another, another way to support our interpretation is, So, in other words, it says that he goes and he changes his clothes that he wore when he went into the Kodesh. Now, if you read the Torah literally without any Torah Shebal what has the Kohen Gadol done so far? He's done the service in the golden garments. He switched into his white garments. And then it says he goes and he takes off his white garments. Asher lavash kodesh that he wore when he went into the Kodesh. He puts on et begadav, his regular Kohen Gadol garments, the gold ones, and he finishes the service. That's what the Torah Shebikhtab says. The written Torah, that's what it says. Right? The problem is that extra word, Asher Lavash Bevoil Kodesh. He should take off the clothes, Asher Lavash Bevoil Kodesh, that he wore when he went into the Kodesh. Now, obviously, the only thing you can take off is whatever you're wearing. So, if it's talking about section two, in other words, if he only wears the white garments once, so then it, it's not necessary to say he should take off the white garments that he wore when he went into the Kodesh, because that's the same clothing that he's wearing right now. Rather, what it means is there were two times he wore the white clothing. So what it's saying is he takes off the clothing for the final time. Asher lavash kodesh. In other words, the, the clothing that he wore the first time and that he's now wearing the second time he takes off. Because it refers to it as the clothing that he wore when he was in the Kodesh. So obviously it's referring to the fact that he wore it twice. That's the way that Rava interprets it. And so that's how we see that he wears the, the, the white clothing twice and has to change out of it twice, not just once. Because otherwise, why would it say he should take off the clothes that he wore when he went into the Kodesh? He should just say he takes off his clothes. And he doesn't have to say that. So therefore it says that, um, that he, uh, uh, that, that it's means, Elamat al-Mulamar Ashelavash, Ashelavash Kvar, already wore it. So Matkit right? Same exact question they ask against Ravaz they asked before. That how do you know that it means that the, per, that, uh, that it, what is, what is out of order? In other words, what he does in between the two wearings of the white garments, how do you know that that's the ram and the ram of the people? Maybe what he does between the two wearings of the white garments in order to divide between them is the se'ira hanasa bachutz. In other words, the, uh, the additional, the, the, the part of the musaf, the se'ir that's part of the musaf, that's done completely outside, that the blood never comes into the Kodesh Koshim. Maybe that's what we should say is out of order. And then we can read the pasuk when it says that he changes out of his white garments into the golden garments and he does his ram and the ram of the people as at the very end, meaning in section 5 instead of section 3. 
So it says, no. tells you that from the moment he leaves the Kodesh, he does the ram and the ram of the people. So basically what the Gemara is doing here is just trying to prove from its reading of the Psukim that the order that it's suggesting is the only possible one. Namely, that we don't have just three sections, which would be the implication of the written Torah, written, if we read it literally, that there were golden garments, white garments, golden garments. Everything is done with the golden garments in the morning. And then the avodah of the day is done with the white garments in the middle. Everything with the white garments is done in the middle. And then he changes one last time into the golden garments to complete the service. That would be the simple reading of the text. That we reject because we have to have five sections because we said he has to change he has to have five tevilot that's the tradition so what do we do we have to insert something to make two more sections right one more switching back and forth so what do we do we put in section three the ram and the ram of the people and also let's say the burning of the fats of some of the korbanot and so on we discussed before what would be fit into there because we have to create that middle section to divide so that he has to change into the gold garments but now he has to change back into the white garments again because he needs number he needs a Two more sections, right? He needs two more changings. So he's going to change from the white into the gold again for that. And then he's going to change back into the white to retrieve his kafu machta, to retrieve, retrieve the ketorot. And then the conclusion of the service in the golden garments. That's how we uh, understand the psukim. Either we get a hint to the idea that there's an extra changing from the fact that it says that, there is, that he takes off the clothing that he wore when he went into the Kodesh, implying that he's taking it off for the second time, not the first time. Or just from the fact that we have a tradition that there are five changings. But we must say that the third section, meaning the section right after the first time he wears the first the, the, the uh, white garments, has to include the ram, because it says that it includes the ram. So that we can't change. We can't put something else for section three to divide the, the avodah in half. It has to be that. So that's the conclusion of how the Gemara interprets. But now it says, yeah. From, <coughs> sorry, from Matan Torah yeah. until let's say Bait Sheni, yeah. how long did it take? A long time. Long time. Yeah. Now the Kohen, Kohen Gadol <laughs> that performs this, right. where, where did he get his instruction? Did, where, where, which which machloket he followed? Where was that? Well, this is not a machloket. This is everyone is agreeing the five times. The five sections everyone's agreeing. About the details, it would depend who was the Sanhedrin at that time. What they thought was the correct way they instructed him. Yeah, it would depend on that. But this concept, everyone agrees. Everyone's saying the five sections, everyone seems to agree. They're just trying to show you how they see a hint. Sometimes they want to find a hint in the, in the written Torah to their idea because it doesn't seem to fit with the written Torah. So they're trying to read into the text to show how they could tell. Because if a person just read it, they would see only three segments of the Avodah. They wouldn't see five. You need a guideline. Right. Go right, so the there's Torah Shebaal Peh. The Torah Shebaal Peh explained <coughs> that there, there's actually a, another uh, dividing section that therefore creates, because you can't have only one, because it, once you change out of the white garments into the gold, if you have to change back into the white, you're going to have to change back into the gold. So that was, int- that was part of Torah Shebaal Peh. Now it says, now the thing is, right, uh, is everything really written in order? That's not true. Because it says right after it mentions that the Kohen Gadol comes out of the Kodesh of Kodeshim and the Kodesh and he does the ram, it says It says that he burns the fats of the Seir and Par. He burns them on the Mizbeach Hatzayit. And then it says after that that the Parachatat and the Sir Hatat that were taken out to be burnt outside. We, we learned that they're taken out of Yerushalayim to be burnt. But we learned in our Mishnah Right? We have a problem. Which is that what do we We said that what? When is the Kohen Gadol reading 
the, the Torah. He's reading the Torah after sec- segment two of the Avodah, before segment three. Right? Because what he does is he sends out the Sirah Mishdaleach, he does everything in the white garments, and then it said if he wants to read in the white garments, he can read the Torah in the white garments. He's already in the white garments. If he wants to tra- change into ordinary clothes, he can change into ordinary clothes. But that's in between sections two and three. Three is when he's going to put the golden garments on again and he's going to do the ram and everything and, the, and all of that. What did we say? We said that when the bull and the, and the uh, goat are being burnt outside the Beit HaMikdash or outside Yerushalayim, during that time is when the Kohen Gadol is reading the Torah. So somebody could not see both at the same time because they're happening at the same time. Right? That's what we said. And yet it says, It said that he has to burn the fats of the par and sa'ir on the Mizbeach. It says that right after he came out of the Kodesh HaKodeshim. But that's not true. It doesn't happen right after the Kosh Koshim because actually first he reads the Torah and then, and meanwhile, the Par and Sa'ir are being burnt outside Yerushalayim and then he puts the fats on the Mizbeach. Whereas in the Torah it says that first he puts the fats of those Korbanot on the Mizbeach and then it mentions that they're being burnt outside Yerushalayim. But we actually said the opposite, that when they're being burnt outside Yerushalayim is when he's reading the Torah and then he burns the fats on the altar. Right, so so it's out of that's also out of order. You said only one pasuk is out of order, but actually two things are out of order. So it says, "You're right." From now on, it's out of order. Meaning, everything from that point when he came out of the kodesh kodeshim, you can't rely on the order of the Torah because sometimes the Torah will say parent, basically parenthetical things. It's referring to it out of order, referring back, before, not necessarily is it in chronological order every step from that point on. Okay, so even though it says that the par v'sa'ir are burnt outside Yerushalayim. After the fats of those korbanot are put on the mizbech, it's not technically true. Technically, they are burnt first while the Kohen Gadol is reading from the Torah. Then he puts on the golden garments and then he burns the fats on the altar. So it's actually out of order as well. So, umay chazit, the mishabash karai. So why, why did you decide to uh, attribute inaccuracy to the Torah? Why, why, why are you assuming the Torah is out of order? Maybe shabish matnitna. Maybe it's our Mishnah that's out of order. How do you know that the, uh, that, that what's out of order is the, uh, is the text of the Torah? So, amar baye, amar kwa vaham shaleach vasoref. Because it says, Vam Shalech that the person who sends out the Sayyul Azazel, in other words, the Ish Iti, the person who takes the, the uh, goat to, uh, az, uh, out, and the one who burns it, that those people, both of them, they become Tameh. Right? Vam Shalech and the person who burns it, they both become Tameh. And that's in Pasuk Kavav, okay? That they, that they, uh, that, and then they have to come back. Right? It says, Vam Shalech is in Pasuk Kavav. And uh, in Pasuk uh, Kafchet, it says that Vasoref Otam Yechabes Begadav Verechatet Besorom Bamayim. So those who have to wash, that's in Pasuk Kav, that's in Pasuk uh, Kav Vav, 26 and 28. Okay, and pre- prior to that, in, pas- in between that, in Pasuk Kav Zayin, is when it says that they burn those korbanot outside the Beit HaMikdash, that they burn the body of the Seir and the Par, that the blood went into the Beit HaMikdash, that they burn it um, outside the Beit HaMikdash. That's mentioned in between. Now, what does it tell you? So that's, that's a, there's a problem because it says, uh, it says that they take it out to burn it. And then it says, and, and afterwards it says, Ham Shaleach and Hasoref. So it says what? It says, just like, At the point that it's mentioning the person who brought the Sirah Azazel out, it's already happened. 
right? Because it's talking about it after it's already happened. It's talking about it already, you're later in the Avodan. It says, oh, and by the way, the person who took the Seil Azazel out, that person becomes Tamei. Right? It also mentions the person who burnt it. It says, just like when it says the person who sent it out, it's also, it means something that already happened. It's going back. It's out of order. So too, when it says the person who burnt it, it means it already happened. Even before now, it already happened. Because actually the burning of, the, uh, of those korbanot outside Yerushalayim happened earlier in the service than what it appears in the Psukim. Right? That's, so it says, but Maybe no. Maybe it means at the same time. Right? Maybe it means that the Mishaleach, that the sending out of the Silazazel and the burning of the Skorbanot happens at the same time, even earlier. Meaning that would mean that they're actually being burnt even before the Kohen Gadol reads from the Torah, earlier than you're saying. No. It says no. Because Vehamishaleach, the Mikra Vehamishaleach sounds like it's referring to something earlier. The, the, implication is somebody who's already done something, not somebody who's done something right now. And therefore, we're going to say that just like the Mishalech was earlier, the Soref was earlier, than what it appears in the Psukim. Meaning to say it's not happening right now, but it happened earlier. And that means to say that uh, th- therefore we can sustain our interpretation that the burning of the Parvisa'ir is happening while the Kohen Gadol is reading the uh, the Torah, which is before he burns the fats, even though it sounds in the Torah like the burning of the fats happens, uh, you know, happens prior to the burning of the Parvisa'ir. Technically, the Parvisa'ir burning outside Yerushalayim is happening before the uh, fats. And we know that because the, the when it says, when it mentions the ones that are Tamei, it sounds like it's talking about something that has happened already, not something that's happening now. Now that Rava Mara Marka Rava says there's another proof. It says that the Sayyidah Mishalech should stand alive. We said, how long does the Sayyidah Mishalech have to be alive until the time that the Kapara is completed, the atonement is completed? Right? So it says that Vitulo, that the Sayyidah Mishalech only has to be alive up to the time that the blood is applied of the Sayyidah, uh, that the blood goes inside the. Um, Goes into the uh, uh, the kodesh kodeshi. So what do you see from that? So Rashi explains. Lo matzit lo You can't imply that the sending out of the sirah mishalech is at any time other than when it's mentioned in the Torah, because the is kikula motsham elad shat that the the you can't say that it happened later. That when it says v'amshalech it because they were trying to say that maybe the psukim are following the literal order. Now when the literal order when it says is later it's after the burning of the fats of the korban it's later on you're going to say that the sending out of the is happening at the same time as the burning of the parva sa'ir and that all of that is later actually than what we were saying it is before but it can't be because we see that the is sent out right after the blood is applied of the as, uh, of the Seir that the blood goes in the Kodesh HaKodeshim, the Seir Nasab Bifnim, at that time is when the Seir was sent out. And even if it died before that, you know, right after that, before being sent out, we said that it would, you wouldn't have to send another one. So definitely that was earlier. Just like that's earlier than it appears, so too the part of a Seir being burnt is earlier than it would seem like from the order of the Psukim. Because if you have the Psukim in front of you, you would see that after it says the Seir was sent out, and then it says that he uh, burns the fats of the Koban, and then it says that they burn the Parva Seir, and then it goes back and says the person who sent out the Seir and the person who burnt the Parva Seir, they, are, uh, they become Tamei. That's later. But that's not because that happened later. It's just referring back to something that happened earlier. So the order is, as we already said, that when he comes out of the Kodesh HaKodeshim, 
he changes into his, he, he first reads from the Torah, right? And he, and, he, uh, and he completes that part of the service. And while he's reading from the Torah is when they're burning the Parvaseir outside Yerushalayim. He's already sent out the Sira Mishdaleach. He's already done all of that. He reads the Torah. Then he changes into the golden garments. He does his Ola, meaning the ram. He does the ram of the people. He does possibly some other things as well. He burns the fats of the, of the uh, korbanot that he had sent out to be burnt. Okay? And then he changes into the white garments, retrieves the uh, ketoret and the fire pen from the Kodesh Kodeshim, switches back into the golden garments, finishes the day. So basically what the Gemara is just trying to show us is why certain things are taken to be out of order and certain things are not in order to, to preserve the consistency. If you have the, the, the challenge in reading the Gemara is if you don't have the Psukim right in front of you, you can't see how certain things are, where things are mentioned in the Chumash. If you look at how they're mentioned in the Chumash, there's a lot of referring back to things that already happened. After everything, after the Siram Mishalech was sent out, it, it, then it goes back and says, oh, the person who sent out the Siram Mishalech becomes Tamei. And after it already mentioned the burning of the uh, uh, of the parvaseir, it says, "Oh, and by the way, the person who uh, who burnt it is tamei." That doesn't necessarily mean that the burning is happening later on. It happened earlier. It's just now summary, summarizing laws that relate to the uh, consequences of the burning for the people who did it. Okay, but it's not because it's actually happening later in the service. So we're keeping basically the same order that we've set up till now. There's nothing new here. All the Gemara is doing is explaining how it interprets the Psukim. Now, when you open Parashat Achrimot and you read it, you will now see, if you do that for your homework, you open the Parashat and you see how it jumps back and forth between these different things. If you didn't have the Torah about Peh, it would be very confusing what the order of the different components is supposed to be. That's why it, it, you see it more as a, if you have the psukim in front of you, see it more as an explanation of the psukim than when you do it in abstract. Now, it says, uh, when the Mishaleach uh, comes back the next day from, uh, you know, because remember, the, the guy who took the Seir Mishaleach out, he stays out, of, he stays in the tent until the end of Yom Kippur. So if he sees the Kohen Gadol the next day, so uh, if he sees him, it's all bashuk the Kohen Gadol. If he runs into the Kohen Gadol in the mall, you know, so Omelo Ishi Kohen Gadol, he says, oh, my, my master, Kohen Gadol, asinu shlichutcha. He says, we did your shlichut, meaning he honors him since he's in public. He honors the Kohen Gadol and says, we did your, your shlichut that you sent us to do at, at your uh, job. Mit- what? Right. He sees him outside. Mitzvah He goes to his house. The one who gives life, we did his shlichut. In other words, if he's talking to him privately, he refers to Hashem and says, "We did Hashem's job that he gave us to do." It, meaning, but if he sees him in public, he honors him and says, "Oh, I did your job that you told me to do." So he's like honoring Kohen Gadol. So, oh, I'm sorry. Amar um, Abba says, and according to the, uh, the the note, it should say probably. Uh, Oh, it doesn't say. It says there's different uh, names that are attributed. Now, when the people would say goodbye, when the rabbis would bid farewell, say goodbye to one another in Pumbedita, they would say, They would say, the one who bring, gives life to the living, meaning Hashem, should give you a long, good, proper life. And now we, it, it interprets a pasuk. Uh, David said, I want to walk before Hashem in the land of the living. This is the place where it has a lot of good stores. Because, you know, how can you live without malls and retail? You know, even, even back then, it's, uh, you, have to have, uh, you have to have a place to go shopping. Another pasuk from Mishlei, very famous pasuk. Length of days uh, and, uh, uh, and years of life and peace should be increased for you. If you have years, then you obviously have life. Because what does it mean to have years that are not life? What's Shnot Chaim? 
Shnot Chaim is uh, light, years of life. What other kind of years are there? Years of death don't count to a person. Right? It's only the years of life. So, Amar Rebbe Elazar, Elu Shnot Av Adam, Hamitapchot Alav, what it means that these are the days of life, meaning a person who was in a bad situation and their fate, their, their, their situation reversed to be good. That's called Shnot Chaim. She says, Misha Ya Ani Let's say a person was poor. Benasashir becomes rich. He feels like he was born again. Right? So there, it's like as if he lived again. So that's what it means Shnot Chaim. You should have reversals for the good. Areas that you feel are not so great, they should become good. That's what it means Shnot Chaim. Alechem Ishim That's another pasuk from Mishlei. To you men, I call. These are the Talmud Chachamim, who are like women, but they're also like men. Okay? Meaning, they're like women. They are, Rashi says, they are soft-spoken and humble and, and not physically imposing, but they have meaning that they're intellectually, spiritually very strong. Somebody who wants to pour wine on the Mizbeach, you should give wine to the Talmidei Chachamim. We don't have a Mizbeach today that, uh, where the pouring of wine could represent serving Hashem. But if you give wine to the people who are learning Torah, that's a way of, so to speak, pouring out the wine on the Mizbeach. Like it says to you, Ishim, it calls the Talmidei Chachamim, Ishim, which also has like the meaning, you know, uh, yeah. So that's what it means. So now we understand why we why the uh, the Hasidim they like drinking so much because it says here they always drink. But it says wine. They usually have schnapps and they have. Uh, you they have this. Hasidim, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to. You know. Yeah. So a person sees that the Torah is not continuing in his children. So it says he should marry the daughter of Tamil Chacham. Now some people say that, that means he should marry a second wife. Who's the daughter of a Talmud Chacham so that he can have some kids that are better, better kids. But others say, no, it means that he should have his kids marry Talmud Chacham. So that way, da- daughter of a Talmud Chacham. So at least the grandchildren will have a good education. There's a pasuk from Iov. Uh, 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 it says if his, if his uh, like root becomes old in the ground. And his trunk dies in the ground. In other words, it's saying like he sees the Torah is dying from his children. They're not continuing. So what does it say in the Pazuk? It says in the Pazuk, From the scent of the water, it will like uh, become uh, 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 blossoming again, right? And it will make um, like yield. It will create yield like a planted thing. So it's saying that it's describing in Eov, you know, when the friends are arguing with Eov, they're always saying, oh, don't worry, even though things are bad, things are going to be good, you're broken down now, you're going to flourish later. So this pasuk, they're taking the pasuk and saying, if a person sees that his, like, his, he hasn't succeeded in passing on the Torah to his children, at least for his grandchildren, he can regenerate it by, you know, making sure that they have a proper Jewish education. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of lesson that even for today, let's say, you know, to, for grandchildren also make sure that they stay on the path and give them the opportunities and so on the Kohen Gadol would make a party celebration for his friends because he succeeded in the Avodav Yom Kippur obviously they wouldn't be eating and drinking until after the fast but everybody was following this certain Kohen Gadol home escorting him but then Shemayav Avtalion came by, and they were the Gidolei Ador, the Gidolei Chachamim. So Shavkuli Didei, they 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 dropped the Kohen Gadol. They were like, "See you later, buddy." So 
So now that was a little insulting, maybe. Now Shemayav Avtadion came to say goodbye to the Kohen Gadol because that was the respectful thing. He said to them, He said, May those who are from, who, may the nations, this children of the nations come in peace because they were, they were Gerim. They were, they were converts. So it was a little bit like, being mean to them, like, oh, everyone else likes you better, but you're not even really, not, you know, not, you're not, weren't even born Jewish. So, you know, you're, I, and I'm a Kohen Gadol, I have yichus of being, going back to Aaron, and you are, you are only children of Gentiles. Amrule, they said to him, May those who are the children of the nations come in peace, because they behave like Aaron. But the son of Aaron should not come in peace, because he doesn't behave like Aaron. That's a pretty sharp response, meaning we're being nice people, because what, what Aaron was, Rodef Shalom, Ohev Shalom, Rodef Shalom, he loved peace, he pursued peace. He's saying, we're coming to be nice to you and to be, be considerate and peaceful and all that. So we are more genuinely following the tradition of Aaron. You are calling us non-Jewish, but you being a son of Aaron and you don't behave that way. So don't, you know, there was an interesting comeback. Now, the Mishnah says, Kohen Gadol Kelim. Kohen Gadol always wears eight garments. And a, and a regular coin wears four. They wear tunic pants. A tunic is like a shirt. Pants. Mitznevet is a hat or a or a turban. And avnet is a belt. The four things a coin gadol has on the coin hediot is he has the choshen, which is the breastplate. The ephod is a kind of an apron. Meil is a kind of a coat. And tzitz is the uh, headband, right? Now, only when the Kohen Gadol is wearing the full, uh, you know, the full outfit, can he use the Urim V'tumim to ask questions when they would ask the Urim V'tumim. And the, you're only allowed to ask the Urim V'tumim questions when the king asks, or the head of the Bet Din, or when the, uh, the, uh, so there's some communal need. They didn't use the Urim V'tumim to get messages from Hashem unless there was a need for it. Um, and that's why like, it was controversial when David HaMelech had it, because uh, when David had it, because Shaul, you know, was, uh, you know, was really the king and all that. But the, the, the point is that to ask the Urim V'tumim, you have to be a public figure, you have to be a, uh, a king. But the, there's an interesting... At a certain point in the story, I don't want to go too much into the Navi, but at a certain point, the Kohen Gadol escapes and comes to David and he has the Urim V'tumim. But the, and there's a question about what, why is he able to use it, because he wasn't the king. But, what yeah. was he wearing? He had the Kohen Gadol after when he ran away. Yeah, when yeah, because because Shaul killed all those Kohanim and the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the survivors came to no. David. Survivor came. Now, yeah, the gold. The Big Day Zahav is called Big Day Zahav because they have like the Meil. Everything has gold in it. Um, and the tzitz, of course, is a gold headband. gold, right? So this is the entire thing. Yeah, this is the entire thing. So there's a question about whether the hat of the Kohen Gadol is the same as the, as the hat of the regular uh, Kohanim, because in the Torah it calls it migbaot, migbaat, when it talks about the regular Kohen, and when it talks about the Kohen Gadol it calls it mitznefet. And mitznefet, is, so the Rambam actually says that mitznefet is like a turban that you wrap, and the migbat is like a hat. Like, uh, right, like, like it's a different shape. The way that they tie it is a different shape. One goes up, one goes out, I think. And, and some people say, no, it's actually two different things. One is a hat and one is a turban. There, some people say, no, it's really the same thing, just two different terms. There's, there's different opinions about whether that aspect of the garments is actually different or not. Um, but the Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan. 
Whenever it says the word shesh, which really means linen, right? It means also that there are there are six strands in the thread. So it's like a thick thread of six strands. So um, and whenever it says moshzar shmona, whenever it says moshzar twisted, it means eight. Meil The meil had every thread in the coat of the Kohen Gadol was made of twelve threads, meaning every of uh, twelve strands. Parochet every thread with which they uh, wove the parochet that divided between the Kodesh and the Kodesh of Kodeshim, was 24 strands. Right, yeah, very thick. Right, very, yeah, we had a discussion about different opinions about it, yeah. Choshen ve'efod, the Choshen and the Ephod that were woven were, had 28, right? So Chutan kaful shisha minalan. Where do we get the idea that it's that it's six threads? The markava yasuot ketonet shesh vedamitznevet shesh vedbaremi got shesh vedmechzei abad shesh mozdar. It says shesh right with the with the ketonet. It says shesh right. And then when it comes to the uh, it's actually at the kotnot shesh because it's talking about more than one right at the kotnot shesh. Veta mitznevet shesh, second time, paramigot shesh, third time, vechusei abad shesh, moshzar. So the word moshzar also is being counted for chamisha, kraiktive, it's five things. Chad de gufei, want to tell you that it has to be the kitna, that it has to be made of linen, right? Nihavu. Vechad shechutan kafu shisha. Second pasuk tells you it has to be six threads. Vechad shechuzurit. The, the, at one tells you that they have to actually be like twisted together. You can't just have six threads, but they actually have to be made into one thread first. First they twist it into a single thread. And want to tell you that even those that it doesn't say the word shesh also have the same rule. And want to tell you that if you don't do it that way, it's me'akev, that actually it won't be valid. So all the all the garments had the same rule that the minimum thickness of the of a thread was six strands, even if it doesn't say the word shesh. How do you know that shesh means uh, linen. Because it calls it bad. Bad Bad is something that comes out stalk by stalk, meaning it's not a tree that has branches that come out. It's a stalk that comes right out of the ground. That's talking about um, and that's talking about linen that it comes straight out of the ground. It doesn't have it doesn't branch out the tree. The um, you take it straight from the center of the plant. Yeah. It doesn't have yeah. branch that come up, yeah. right? So it says, amra." How do you know it's not talking about wool? Amra iftule miftzela. When it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, uh, wool, that splits off. It separates into different strands by itself. But kitna You could do the same thing with uh, linen. But kitna agav When it comes to linen, it's the the threads stay t- stay together unless you break them and crush them. With wool, it will split apart by itself. So we're talking about something that stays unified. It doesn't break apart. Ravina Ravina says there's another reason why we know that shesh refers to linen because it says in the book of Yechezkel it says explicitly that it's pishtim. Right? It says explicitly that it's linen. So we don't even need it. But the problem is, But before Yechezkel came along, how did they know? Yechezkel came along in times of the end of Bayit Rishon. Or really in between Bayit Rishon and Bayit Sheni, basically. How could it be that we waited until Yechezkel came to know what the Kohanim should be wearing? So it says, What about the halacha that Rav Chizda said that we never see in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, but we learned it from Yechezkel? It says that a person that is a either uncircumcised of flesh or uncircumcised of heart, 
right, should not come to serve in the Beit HaMikdash, right? Meaning that you can't be uncircumcised and be, uh, the Kohanim that are uncircumcised cannot serve in the Beit HaMikdash. Where do we get, we don't have that written anywhere in the Torah. It doesn't say it anywhere in the Torah. We learned it from Yechezkel, right? How do we know, so how did they know all those years that uh, you weren't allowed to have an uncircumcised Kohen? Ela Gemara Gemirila so the rule is like this, that basically Yechezkel, it was a Torah Shebalpeh already. In other words, through the oral tradition, they knew that Shesh meant linen. They knew already, right? But when Yechezkel describes it and writes it down, we see in the Pasuk that he wrote down what was already a tradition. The same is true when he said, oh, an uncircumcised Kohen cannot serve. He didn't invent that idea because you can't invent the halacha. It was part of the oral tradition. The fact that he recorded it in the text so we can refer to the text as a proof but the oral tradition preceded Yechezkel. It, it wasn't invented by Yechezkel. So that's the... Uh, the exactly. It was, he was just describing it. It's, it would be like if something was an oral tradition and you wrote it down for the first time. right? He wrote it down in the text, but really it existed before. So too, they knew from a Torah Shebalpeh, linen is the right thing for the, for the Kohanim garments. But Yechezkel was the first person who, instead of using the word shesh or some old term, bad shesh, something like that, he used the modern term, pishtim, linen to describe it so we have in the text that it was Bishlim but obviously he knew that from oral tradition he didn't make it up himself and uh, the Gemara is going to go on now to describe where we know the different uh, 6, 8, 20 all these different numbers is going to describe in the next half